0: This message was recorded at World Changes Church, Gold Coast. It is our hope and mission that you further your understanding of grace and are empowered for change. So, Father, we just thank you this morning for another opportunity to minister to your precious sheep. We ask you, God, that you think through my mind and speak through my vocal cords. May it be all of you and none of me. Father, we ask that you prepare the hearts and minds of those listening today that God, that they walk out of here freer than they've ever been before. And Father, as you have rece- given unto me and I have received a word that is groundbreaking in my life, Father, I hope they receive it in the same manner in which I received it. Give me the heart, God, to express exactly what you intend for this word today. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Come on, you can do better than that. Give amen. the Amen. I'm excited today because, um, for one, I don't know what to do with my hands now. Praise God. You know, we don't have to hold a mic anymore, so I don't really know what to do with my hands. I feel like I'm going to be all over the place, like directing spiritual traffic. (sighs) Hallelujah. But I want to talk to you this morning that God has really put a message on my heart this morning. Pastor Tina is getting some much-needed rest, amen, so you can uh, continue to agree with her that she is fine, amen, no worries, no, no, everybody needs to take a day off, and she's doing that today. Is that okay, amen? So she was scheduled to preach, and then God started speaking to me about Wednesday about this message, and uh, we got to studying it uh, with the team on Friday. Well, the team was me and Chris, uh, because praise God, I didn't give enough heads up to anybody to get the whole team in, and we got together, and we really unpacked this word. We, got, we started cooking in the kitchen, amen? Amen? I'm going to make you hungry. Make sure you're awake before I keep talking, because I don't want you to miss a beat. See, the beautiful thing about cooking in a kitchen is that you, beget, you get all the right ingredients chopped up, and you know what's a garnish and what's supposed to simmer, Amen? And so I'm going to give you the garnish real quick. Um, The Word teaches us how to actually live this life. Um, But oftentimes in Scripture and in teaching and giving sermons, we give you the it without giving you the how. And we talk about, you uh, you know, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. But we don't really talk about how. But if we as pastors and speakers and teachers would actually realize that Paul actually wrote in just a few scriptures before that, the how is that Paul was saying, I know how to be happy or content whether I have or have not. The how to do all things in Christ who strengthens us is actually in the contentment with God. Amen? And so today, we're going an- to unpack the familiar scripture that's going to talk to you about actually having a prosperous soul and a sound mind. We're not going to talk about the it. See, in the last sermon that I spoke the last time I was up here, we talked about a prosperous soul, and that's the it. But how do I live inside of a, of a, of a prosperous soul and have a sound mind? Amen? Amen? Because, see, we talk about it all day long, and you have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. You have been given, hallelujah, a sound mind. But but when you start having troubling thoughts and negativity and you're troubling in your marriage, you're troubling in your relationships, your mind is into worry and anxiety, we go, what is wrong with me? Why am I thinking this way? And we go from faith to fear to failure. Inside of the Christian world, we go from faith I have hope in Christ Jesus who strengthens me to fear, why isn't this working out? To failure, what have I done to cause this to happen? Amen? Can you tell this message is loaded this morning? Can you tell it's loaded this morning? You need to buckle up. Tell your neighbor to get their pen out and start taking notes. And if they ain't got a pen and a notepad like we gave you a few months ago, get your iPad, iPhone, and if you're, uh, you know, still catching up to the rest of us, get your Android and your Galaxy. Ah. Wes is like, nuh No, I don't mean to make fun. All phones are well as long as you're using them in the service for the master's use. Amen. Sancti- Amen. Sanctify your phone. Amen. Sanctify whatever it is, and make sure you're not looking at Instagram while I'm talking. Hallelujah. So, as human beings, we we have to realize that our, we have a spirit uh, and a soul. So we're, my, we're 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 basically made up of a body. This is our flesh, and in that flesh is lust and desires. And then we have a spirit that's been born again. But we have a soul that basically if we realize that soul didn't get saved. That's what I want to talk to you about today. I want you to walk out no longer troubled about your soul, but I want you to learn how to take every thought captive. And I want you to learn how to live inside of a prosperous soul to where Paul even reminded Timothy that, hey, put these things into remembrance. Tap your neighbor on the shoulder and say, put some things into remembrance. Amen. So I'm going to do a little bit of walking around this morning. Anybody ever got up in the morning? Yeah, it's like, I was just trying to finish my sentence, Pastor Kyle, and you already jumped in. Y'all got to be quicker. No, I'm just kidding. Anybody ever got up in the morning and your keys are missing and they're misplaced? Amen? Anybody knows what that feels like? You go to that one spot that you always place them, and you go and it's just not there. And then you're thinking there's the backup spot. Anybody have the backup spot? Amen? Older people know what I'm talking about. You got the backup spot, and you go there, and the next thing is the accusation: Who has moved my keys? Yeah. Hallelujah! <laughs> Who has touched my keys? You go into the kids, if you got kids, a wife or a husband, and say, "What have you done? I know you cleaned up this area. What did you do with my keys?" But that feeling—that feeling of of misplaced. That, that feeling of uh, uh, if it not being where it's supposed to be is quite scary and is full of fear and dread begins to happen. And we go, oh, no, what if I can't find my keys? I might have to go down to the car place and order a new one. And you know, you know those things cost $150 now. It's just not a normal little key anymore. It's got to have a chip and everything else. And we start anticipating all the things of wrong. And then all of a sudden, one of your kids or your wife, uh, husbands, I can't say that you found your keys. Hallelujah, your kids or your wife come to you and they go, hey, here's the keys. And you're like, oh, that's so good. And you forget all the things you've said to everybody in the house. You know what I'm talking about? You done called everybody 50 names? You done slammed cabinets and moved cereal boxes around? You, you know what I'm Pastor Kyle, you need to preach. Okay. 2 Timothy 1 and 7. 2 Timothy 1 and 7 says basically this. We're going to read it in the King James first, and then we're going to go to the Amplified. 2 Timothy 1 and 7 in the King James says, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Amen? God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Now, as they're switching to the Amplified, that word given in the Greek actually means bestowed offered, or put in place. God has not bestowed, offered, or put in place a spirit of fear, but God has put in place, offered, and bestowed power, love, and a sound mind. Now, what I'm gonna talk to you about today is groundbreaking, it's a little edgy, and it's radical, because we all say, I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. You do like you have keys. But if you misplace them you got to find them again and put them back in place. And Paul is talking to Timothy through the duplicity of a carnal mind and a spiritual mind that when your carnal mind takes over and things are misplaced in Christ, there's some key elements that you got to put back in place to have a renewed mind and operate out of Christ. Amen? Amen? And he said their power, their love, and a sound mind. So let's go to the Amplified. And that word fear there, it comes from a Greek word that means dread and anticipated pain. Dread. So God did not give you the spirit of timidity or cowardness or dread or anticipated pain. No, God gave you dunamos. He gave you power. Amen. He gave you power. Amen. He gave you spirit that is an un. Uh, unrelenting force and an unlimited uh, resource of power and strength that is at your disposal. So he gave you a spirit that is at your disposal that is full of power and love and the results of power and love is a sound mind. Amen? Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. So we're going to walk down the avenue of what the renewed mind actually looks like because, see, renewing your mind has been taught like this. Get in the Word, read the Word, and your mind will be renewed. Listen, I can go read a manual for driving a car. It doesn't mean I actually know how. You've got to stop looking at the Word as a manual, and you've got to start looking at the Word as a practicing force in your life and something that you apply to every area, and you get inside that thing and apply it to your circumstance instead of just randomly reading. Amen? Amen? Randomly reading does not renew your mind, but applying the Word of God in your situation based on your situation and applying the promise of the Word to your situation is going to renew your mind. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So let's read it from the Amplified, and then I'm going to give you some history. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardness or a craving or cringing or fawning fear, but he has given us... A spirit, an unlimited resource of strength and power at our disposal, of power, dunamis, this power that is unrelenting, and love that is agape, which is a feast of his love. Agape is more than just unconditional love. Agape is a feast of love, a banquet of love. Every morning God prepares a banquet of love for you. Amen. Letitia didn't know she was preaching my message when she came in. She said she left her mom and the family at home, and she left them a, a banquet to wake up to. And you know what I, I thought right in that moment? I said, I'm going to use this in my sermon, Letitia. Praise God. So her mom and, the, and the, you know, the, Ethan is at home, and they're, they're going to wake up to a feast of love because that was prepared in love. Do you realize that you wake up every day to a feast of love? And if you go and take part of that feast of love, that love that God has given for you, you start sharing that love. Do you realize that the love of God has no height, no depth, no width, and you can't even fill your plate full enough for yourself alone, and you start getting plates for somebody else and start handing it out? See, the love of God is filling you. Amen? (laughs) And then the sound mind is a calm and well-balanced mind with discipline and self-control. The problem is we think discipline is rules, and that's why we fall to the law. We think that discipline is, well, I get up and I pray for an hour. We think that discipline is I get up and I read five chapters of my Bible. No, that's not discipleship. That's rules. That's a checklist. And, and trust me, men and women, if, if you live a marriage with checklists, you will eventually find yourself unhappy. Amen? Because there's no relationship. Your relationship with God's love and his power causes a sound mind. I'm going to say that again. Your relationship with God's love and power causes a sound mind to be a part of your character. Amen? Hallelujah. Your relationship with God's power and love causes you to be well balanced and have a sound mind. Peace is evidence of a sound mind because I'm rooted and grounded in God's love. Amen. Well balanced is realizing that no matter what I come against, whether I have nothing or I have a lot. I am content to know that God's power is enough to pull me out of my current circumstance or to sustain my current circumstance. God's love has the ability to make me realize that it is not because I have failed in something that God has removed his favor off my life. No, no, no. Being rooted and grounded in God's love causes me to believe to have hope in hopeless times, to have strength and faith when no one else believes that God is there. Favor is not God's miracles happening every moment of your life life. No, favor is God's presence in the valley. Favor is God's presence when everybody's walking away from you. Favor is God's presence when things are turning upside down and the only thing you got is God. See, favor keeps you strong. Favor is not just the the best parking spot in the parking lot, even though that is a part of it sometimes. Amen? Favor is not just the promotion. Favor ain't fair, y'all. See, when we start to be favor-minded, Instead of faith-minded, we get into a place of carnal-minded thinking again. We have to realize that our favor is a feast of God's love equally spread abroad in the body of Christ. Amen? Somebody say, I got a feast of God's love today. Amen. Amen. So the part of us that thinks and makes choices is our soul. And can I tell you again that your soul didn't get saved? That's why you can still have those thoughts. Amen. Anybody know what it's like when your kids are doing the same thing over and over again and you're just, I just want to. No, none of y'all do that. Well, Thank you. Hallelujah. And our faith response is, God, I just know that one day they're going to straighten up inside of your word and your will and no longer be the gray hair in my life. Hallelujah. Yes. A lot of people think it's wisdom. It's actually lack of sleep. (laughs) <laughs> so, the part our soul makes choices, and a lot of times we feel condemned because of how we think. See, you don't need to feel condemned by how what you think; you need to be convicted of your actions that you take out of your thinking. You need to feel convicted by the actions you take out of your thinking. See, we constantly fail because we're thinking uh, i'm going to hit a harsh topic topic real quick and and because um, god's telling me to. So people that are struggling with pornography, and you don't have to raise your hand. I'm just going to speak real quick, and, and I don't want you to raise your hand. You're struggling with pornography, and you're sitting there saying that, oh, I want to quit. I want to quit. I'm not going to watch it again. I'm not going to go to the Internet again. I'm not going to, and your sin consciousness is actually causing you to think about pornography more than you should be thinking about, I am the righteousness of God. What you're thinking about, think about what you're thinking about will actually cause actions in your life. Amen? So instead of trying to quit pornography, why don't you quit thinking about pornography? Amen. Amen. If you're in offense or you're angry with somebody, you can't get out of that offense and into forgiveness as long as you're thinking about what they did to you. Amen. And you don't have a sound mind, and you're not calm because you're thinking about how dare they do that. And you go tell four or five people, do you know what they did? And everybody starts to agree with you, so you feel good about your offense, and it's now moved over to anger and hate. And you're thinking, I've got righteous anger. Amen? Paul, I'm not talking about righteousness. <laughs> Amen? So we, we move over and we start now because there is a realm of agreement that we start believing that what we're doing is okay. Can I tell you that you will find people today that have water cooler conversations about pornography, and it is becoming quite acceptable in our society, but can I tell you it will do something damaging to your marriage, it will do something damaging to your relationships, and until you stop thinking about it, you're going to keep doing it. Yeah. Amen? God's Word causes us to be rooted and grounded in His love. Anybody with me this morning? I got a lot to unpack. I got a lot to unpack. Y'all getting ready? In In essence, we have to renew our mind daily. Think about this. You come in here on Sunday, and it's good. We think about what the pastor talked about if you paid attention and wrote some things down. I'm just... Kind of softly rebuking you right now. Hey, not you. I was just looking that way. But see, if you took it in and you actually wrote it down, then your mind has been renewed by being in the presence of, uh, uh, of communal worship and like-minded believers. But guess what will happen tomorrow morning? You will get an email. You're, you, something will happen. You'll stub your toe. You'll do. Somebody will cut you off driving to work. Something will happen at work, and your mind is no longer renewed. That is the truth. And, in, and unless you start off your day in prayer and in the Word, you have no cup to pour from. And so we go on into Tuesday, and we're wondering, man, it's a tough week. I've got to get to hump day. I'm going to, to the middle of the week. I've got to get to Wednesday. By Wednesday, we're tapped out, ready to get out, and we're thinking, oh, God, we're calling the pastor, calling mama, calling everybody else, getting a prayer chain going on, not realizing that the fix and resolve for this is to stop thinking about what you're thinking about and renew your mind. Amen. You don't have to have long weeks anymore. You can have days of success inside of a sound mind. Is this this good this morning? Come on, hallelujah. But he has given us the spirit, unlimited resource at our disposal of power. Amen. He did not give us the spirit of fear. Fear in the Greek is interpreted as dread and anticipated pain. Paul was writing to Timothy here. Because Timothy had come to a stage in his life that after Nero had thrown everybody in the Colosseum to be chewed up by lions and bears and and all of the uh, people had escaped from Rome and they'd went to different places and Timothy's in Palestine and other places and they're they're trying to reestablish the church. He had come to having to finish what Paul had started because Paul had actually said, put into remembrance the gift of God that is in you even by the laying of my own hands. Paul was reminding Timothy that don't get into fear and anticipated pain. Don't start thinking about what Nero may do to you or the Roman society may do to you. No, don't get into worry and anxiety. Cast your care on the Lord. Come on, somebody, do you know what I'm talking about? We get into start thinking about all these things that could happen, and that is fear that turns into dread that is anticipated pain. You're not going to lose your job, but if you think you're losing your job, you'll take actions of losing your job, and you will self-sabotage. If you think that your relationship is going bad, guess what? what you'll start looking at the bad things in your relationship and think about those things until you self-sabotage your relationship to have a prosperous soul you've got to start thinking about something different you got to stop thinking about the fear and dread and anticipation of it all and you got to put into some place some proper prosperous thinking grounded and rooted in God's love and his power so that you can calm yourself in your situation and live appointed and anointed unto God amen, amen? hallelujah I made a decision Thursday of this week. I said, "I'm tired of preaching like everybody else. I'm gonna preach like Kyle. I'm gonna preach like I used to. And we're gonna this style of teaching is what you should get used to. This is who I am, and I'm ready to go rock and roll. How about you? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah! I'm like well, I thought you was good before. Well, God was good before. Hallelujah. God talked to me this week. I was walking with Him yesterday, and I was praying after me and Chris had had some meetings about Scripture. And I was thinking, God, I'm tired of sermons that just talk about the it and sound good and make people feel good and get the hoorah, but people have the same problems, God. People come in and out every week with the same problems because I have phone calls and messages and things like that. God, I'm not tired of talking to them. I'm just tired of giving them the wrong information. I don't want to make them feel good for a moment to put into memory what doesn't work. No, no, no. I want to give you something today that will start the course of you having a prosperous soul, which will lead to a prosperous life. Amen? Pastor, praise God. Hallelujah. So fear leads to hopelessness. Timothy had become hopeless. But see, Inside of fear, because God didn't give you the spirit of fear. He he gave you reverence. See the word fear in the Bible, have work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That's a different Greek word that talks about reverence and walking before the Lord. And fear the Lord. That's a reverent word, but this type of fear is timidity and cowardness. Amen. See, you gotta learn the right tense, like Kyle Cummings talked about. You gotta learn what the Bible is actually speaking from and what it's really saying. Amen? And that's why it's not really for private interpretation. That's why it's meant to be grounded in doctrine. Amen? And so fear leads to double-mindedness. See, double-mindedness lives inside of fear. The duplicity that you see in this scripture alone is Paul saying on one element, in one mind you have timidity and cowardness, which lives in fear, and in another mind you have power, love, and peace, and self-control and self-discipline, which is a sound mind. And Paul is reminding Timothy, you got to put down one and put the other one in its place. Amen? Amen? Because James 1 and 8 says, go to James 1 and 8. When you're living in a double-minded state, which is thinking things logically through, or you're thinking things as the world would think, you're going to have a hard time getting the results of the Word in your life. Amen? Amen. Let's think of it like this. God's been telling you to do something, but there seems to be a, I don't know. I'm not sure. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That means something is misplaced because if you have a peace about it and you know that God's telling you to do it, and every time you think about it, you're like, yeah, that's what I should do, but then you start thinking about the results, the fear, the dread, the anticipated uh, pain, you start thinking, but if I do that, this will happen. Amen? If God said do it, don't worry about what will happen because what he said will happen will happen as long as you stay your mind on the Lord. Amen? So James 1 and 8 says, for being as he is, a man who had two minds hesitating... Double-mindedness is hesitation. Amen? Double-mindedness is timidity. Double-mindedness is something that is dubious. It's it's something that he is unstable and unreliable because you're constantly saying one thing and doing another because you're basing your actions out of your fear instead of your faith. Amen? Amen? God gave you power, unlimited resource of power to shape your atmosphere and to speak out what's going to actually happen in your life, to start confessing what is actually going to happen in your life. He gave you love that when nobody else loves you, he does. Amen. Amen. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And if you don't believe that he loves you in such a magnanimous way, you will actually fall into this double-minded state. But if you will live inside the love of God, you will not be hesitant anymore. You will not fall into timidity. Amen? Because a double-minded man who hesitates, is uncertain about everything, and he feels that he he thinks and decides, it goes on to say that he will receive nothing from God. Amen? He will receive nothing from God. It's like if if I had $100 right now and I'm saying, Neil, take it. Neil's going to take it. But if I just held the $100 out and you saw me give it to Neil, but I walked over here with it in my hand and I just said nothing, unless you had a relationship with me, you don't, know that you, you don't know that you can actually come take it. Amen? Because you don't know that I love you that much to give it to anyone that comes forward. That is the same thing with God. He has got an unlimited, untapped amount of resources that you have got to go put in place in your life through your thinking. Amen? Amen? Is that good? i got to get through this. Fear causes us to go into dread, but perfect love casts out all fear. 1 John 4 and 18. Perfect love casts out all fear. See, you've had a misrepresentation of love. That's why you get confused about God's love. Amen? How many have had that bad boyfriend? Go ahead, raise your hand. Hallelujah. How many have had that bad husband? Don't raise your hand because you might still be with him, but some can. How many have had that bad relationship? You know what I'm talking about? And that begin to leave a stain or a memory of trauma that causes timidity when someone says, I love you. When someone says, I love you, you say, yeah, we'll see. When someone says, I love you, go, okay, let's watch this. When someone actually messes up and they said that they love you, you say, see, I told you by what you did. You don't love me. Actions don't define love. Consistency does. Amen. See, consistency defines love. God is consistently loving me. Amen? And, and God doesn't make mistakes in his love. And I, I may make mistakes in my love for you and for my wife and for other people, but guess what? That doesn't remove my love for the people in my life. That just means I messed up for a moment. But ain't you glad that God doesn't make no mistakes and he doesn't forget about you? Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Some people get mad because you forgot to get me a Pepsi, too. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So there is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. In love, dread does not exist. So if you have ungrounded fear happening in your thinking, you have moved yourself out of the position of God's love. And you're forgetting that God loves you so much, He's not going to let those bad things that you're thinking about happen. Amen? I was thinking, someone says, well, what about death? Well, Doesn't the Bible have a response for that? Oh, death, where is thy sting? Even if I die, there's no prosperity in death because death has no sting because to be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord. There is no situation that God has not covered with his love. My birth and my death is covered with his love. My life is covered with his love. Why am I thinking that God doesn't love me? Why do I move into anticipated fear? Because there is no dread, there it does not exist in love. But full grown, complete, perfect love turns fear out of door out of the doors and expels every trace of terror. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment. We've been taught that if we don't do what God says, and, and anybody know what I'm talking about, you've been taught through religion that if we don't do what God says, He's going to remove the blessings off of your life. He is my Abba Father. Can I can I speak on behalf of my father this morning? Do, how many of you have kids? How many of you were a kid? Did you ever break something in your house? Did you ever stay up too late? Did you eat food that you shouldn't? Did you steal the, the money out of your father's top drawer for that was supposed to be your lunch money? That was me. Uh, and you too. <laughs> Did your daddy kick you out of your house and stop feeding you? <laughs> well... I'm talking about when you were a baby, about this tall, couldn't defend for you. Now, maybe when you got up to 22 and you got kicked out, or 17, you got kicked out because you needed to get kicked out. But when you were a baby or a toddler or even a teenager, your daddy didn't kick you out and stop feeding you. Now, you might have been sent to bed without a meal. That might have been some of you. Well, you just don't know my daddy. This ain't working for me, Pastor Kyle. You had somebody that loved you in your life that didn't remove their love because of what you did listen why are we starting to put God in the same box of that when we don't do what we're supposed to do he takes his love off of us it may limit the blessings but it doesn't limit the righteousness amen it may limit the blessings but it doesn't limit the righteousness because see your righteousness is not based or formed on your deeds your righteousness was placed on you by the effects of the cross Amen. So you are in right standing with God no matter what you do, but your blessings and the flow of blessings in your life are directly determined on how you act. Amen. 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 So food is still on the table, y'all. Amen. The lights are still going to be on tomorrow for God. Hallelujah. He's like Motel 6. We'll just leave a light on for you. None of you know what that is, but hallelujah. Your mama leaves a light. Remember when you stayed out too late and your mama left the light on for you, but she went on to bed? That was an action of love. Amen. Amen. God is doing things to say there's nothing you can do that will remove you from my love. So, and so he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love and has not yet grown into love's complete perfection. Okay, so you're not growing in love. You're growing in the understanding of God's love for you. And you need to be rooted and grounded in that so that you're no longer afraid and thinking that God's going to punish you. Amen, are you learning something today? Amen? Are you learning something today? So God did not give the spirit of love. He's not, I mean, the spirit of fear. He's, he's given you the spirit of power and love, and he's not removing these things from you. God has given you the spirit of power. Here in the text in, in, in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, it says the word spirit is described as, as unlimited supply of strength and power at our disposal. Think about it. The same strength that stretched forth the hand and created the skies, the stars, the mountains, the rivers, and the seas. That same power, that same strength is in you. Therefore, you shouldn't have an excuse on knowing God's love when you walk outside. God's power when you walk outside. And see that the heavens and earth was created by his hands. And that same hand holds you. It says, don't look to the left or to the right, but stay in my hands. And you will not fall like they did. You stay in the hand of God. And you can see His power and His love that will sustain your sound mind. Amen. 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 Amen? Amen? So, and guess what? This same Spirit that has been given to you, offered, bestowed, put in place, is the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. You have the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. You have the same God that put, formed the... I mean, when He spoke, a fireball came out of His mouth and became the Son. Praise God, hallelujah. Amen. He he might have turned on the Christmas lights, but it became the universe for us. Do you understand what I'm talking about? This same power, this same strength, a portion of it, a third of it has been placed on the inside of you. Well, I feel weak today. That's because you've misplaced your power. I I feel confused today. You've misplaced your love. I feel lost inside of all this that's going inside of my life. It's because you're focusing on what's going wrong in your life and your sound mind, your calmness, your, your good judgment, all those things have gotten misplaced because you've moved away from the understanding of a sound mind. You've moved away from the understanding of how much God loves you. You just got to get back into his love and his power. Amen. If you want to look up those scriptures I just described, you can go to Romans 1 and 2 and Romans 8 and 11. Romans 1 and 20, I'm sorry. Romans 1 and 20 and Romans 8 and 11. So let's look at something here. Let's go back to Let's keep it up there, son. It's okay. Uh, 2 Corinthians 1 and 7. It says, he has given you power. This word in the Greek, so we think power like a generator, just turn it on. See, this, this, this is wonderful. I love this stuff. I'm going to read really, it. Ah. All right, cool. All right, so we got. I got power. Well, why isn't it working? I got power. Why am I still sick? I got power. Why is this not happening in my life? Because this word power here is actually talking about powerful deeds or deeds showing. I have given you the power of the Holy Spirit that will have working deeds and deeds showing. For them that are disciples, these should have these like signs following them. Amen? I've given you not a generator, not a light switch to be turned on and off. I've given you an unlimited resource of strength that will show its work and show its deeds, not only in you but around you. It's not something you have to perform to do. It's like I got... This and it's now working because I did this. No, this power is working without you. You're just in the. You're in the presence of the hum of its power. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you what I mean. I used to be an electrician and I, I was uh, wiring a, a building. You're like P- Pastor Kyle, you've done a lot. I know I have. Hallelujah. And I was wiring and I was running this long, big, heavy. I mean, it was like I don't know. Uh, it was heavy. That's all I can say. And it hurt. And it took three men to pull it around. And we're, we're going into this room like a box that you would have for a house that has all this fuse, all these fuses. But if you could imagine this room and all the fuses, the size of this front area. And when we hooked up the power, it started to hum. And I said, Lord, have mercy. What would happen if I touched this the wrong way? The guy answered quickly and said, you would explode and I would run. <laughs> I said, well, Jesus, this, I have a lot of respect and reverence for this power. So once it's connected, it was humming around me, and if I mishandled it, it would cause damage in my life. We have righteousness, but we also have power of life and death in the tongue. Your mind, as a man thinks, so is he, out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks, you're saying things that is causing a, a, a powerful reaction in, between the spiritual and the natural all because your soulless realm has convinced you that death is coming and anticipated pain is coming. But no, 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 you need to switch your tongue to life and speak life over your body so that the hum doesn't blow you up. Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen? Amen. Pastor Kyle, that was good, but I'm still trying to grasp that. You will later. Go back. Amen. (laughs) This word power here in the text, it describes powerful deeds. James 2, 14 through 26. James 2, 14 through 26. Faith without works is dead. Faith without work we have we have tried to describe for all of our Christianity what the works are can I tell you that the works are the power for de- powerful deeds as a result of your faith as the working power of the Holy Spirit it's not you manifest ma- manifesting fruit because see we we've, I had to preach another message on that one later it's not you manifesting good fruit fruit is to be judged the fruit of the spirit in your life is to be judged to know that you are of the spirit. But this manifestation of works is the working power showing deeds of these, this Spirit that has been bestowed and put into place in your life. Amen. Amen? So these works are not the fruits of the Spirit. These works are not you praying. These works are not you preaching. These, these are not those works. No, the works that should be evident in your life is you having the faith in the works of the power and love of Jesus Christ in your life resulting in a sound mind and the fruits of the, other, of the Spirit. Yes. Amen? Amen? What is, it, uh, what is the use, profit, my brethren, for anyone to profess that he have faith if he has no good works to show of it? Can such faith have his soul? Can such faith have his soul? As a man thinks, so is he. Go to the next verse. <sighs> if a brother or sister is poorly clad and lacks food for each day, and one of you says to him, goodbye, keep yourselves warm and well fed without giving him the necessities from the body that God does, that, that the, what good does that do. Go to verse 17. I'm already just wanting to make my point because some of y'all are arguing with me in my head. That's okay. So also faith, if it does not have works, deeds, and actions of obedience to back it up by itself, it destitute of power and dead. Let's go on to verse, did I say another verse? Let's go to 26. Keep going. But someone will say to you then, you say you have faith and you have no good works. Now you show me your faith apart from any good works. If you can, I will by good works of obedience will show you my faith. Go on. You believe that God is one, you you do dwell well. So do the demons believe and shudder in the terror and honor of such and make a man's hair stand up to the end of contract surface of his skin? Keep going. Are you willing to show proof you foolish unproductive person fella that faith apart from good works is inactive and ineffective and worthless keep going come on What are the forefather what what not our forefather Abraham shown to be justified and made acceptable to God by his works when he brought to the altar an offering of his own son Isaac or Isaac I'm sorry You see that his faith was cooperating with his works and his faith was completed and reached its supreme expression when he implemented it by good works, by faith. And so the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed, amen, in God, and this was accounted unto him as righteousness. Can I just stop right there? The work was not him putting Isaac on the altar. The work was when he said to himself, God promised me that out of Isaac will come many generations, and I believe God. His love that he knew that God had for him, loved his son enough to know that God would protect him, and even reared back with that same love, a knife, knowing that God would provide at any moment, the working deed inside of this fact was when it is love the works of every scripture here is it's saying that if you see a man that is poorly clad and give him nothing and say goodbye, where is your faith without works? It's talking about love and faith and what God has promised. Some reason we've twisted it all up again and made it about us. The only thing that Abraham had to do to be accounted unto him as righteousness here was believe and trust the promises of God and to be rooted and grounded in God's love. Amen? Amen? Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. As Christians, we should be living a life fostering internal change that causes external change. As Christians, we should be living a life that fosters internal change. I mean, that that has internal change that causes external change. Instead, we've let external changes dictate and determine our internal circumstances and worth and character. Amen? What is happening to you externally does not define what is inside of you. Amen? Paul said it best, for these light afflictions are not worthy to be compared to the glory of God that shall be revealed in us there's something greater in you than these light afflictions. There's something greater in you than what you're going through right now. Would you stop going from faith to fear to failure and realize today that God loves you so much that he's put something in place on the inside of you that if it gets misplaced, just put it back in place and reject the thoughts of the enemy and reject and resist what God, what the enemy is doing. Just greets back and grab. Go inquire where has it been put? Who moved my keys? Who touched this? Who put it? out of place, what has happened? No, 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 just go find the key, which is power and love, and get it back in place so that you can live a life that God intended, amen? There's something greater on the inside of you than your circumstance, amen? God has given you the spirit of power. Let's go to 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy 1, 5, let's go 6 and 7. For 2 Timothy 1 6. It's been misplaced. You got to get it back in place. This is why I should remind you to stir up, rekindle the embers, and fan the flames of and keep it burning the gracious gift of God. The inner fire. Somebody say inner fire that is in you by the means of the laying on of hands which those of the elders you were ordained." You have been touched by the presence of God, and there is an inner fire on the inside of you that needs to be fanned by the Word of God. There's a a fire that is waiting to be stoked on the inside of you. And whenever you get into duplicity or double-mindedness, Paul goes on to say in verse 7 that you need to put back in place the reality that you have the love of God living in all over your life, that you have the unlimited resource of His power, that you can have calmness and peace right now, that you can have the the judgment of God in your life right now and that you have the discipline of his word but you need to stir it up every once in a while. You need to stop complaining about every area of your life and you just need to get in the word and say God I'm happy to know that I am the apple of your eye. I'm happy to know that I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I'm happy to know that one day this corruptible seed will put on incorruptible. I'm happy to know one day I will shout holy 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 with the angels. I'm happy to know one day that you said from my, for your, my needs will be supplied according to your riches and glory. I'm happy to know that no matter what is going on in my life, I can be content because you are good and it is well with me. I'm happy to know today that God loves me. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Anybody know the love of God like I know it? I want you to know this love and depend on it. Man, it's so good not to have a mic. I'm going to have to take some water. Amen. Woo, I got excited, done stripped the gear. God is good. I believe I'm healed. Hallelujah. Woo. I'm happy to think about other things than the things going on in my life because God has placed love on me. Ephesians three fourteen and 21 says, in the text of 2 Timothy 1 and 7, the word agape here is an unconditional feast of love. Love is an unconditional feast. God has like I said earlier, God has spread a banquet for you of his love. And there is enough resources more than you can imagine or think, more than you could possibly want or need. There's enough of that love for you, your neighbor, and everybody else too. Amen. So let's read this scripture together. That is why I would remind Nope. Ephesians three, fourteen through twenty one. For this reason, because I preach that unto you are thus built up together, I, Paul, am a prisoner of Jesus Christ in the sake and behalf of you Gentiles. Let's go to uh, fourteen, Ephesians three fourteen. All right, there we go. For this reason, seeing the greatness of the plan by which you are built together in Christ, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, That the father of whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. Keep going. May he grant you out of the rich treasure of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced. Can I say that re is a reality that there is a continual need to reinstitute the enforced power of God. Anywhere you see an RE, that means it can be misplaced. Anywhere you see reinforced, renewed, that means things can get... Out of place. The reinforced strength of God needs to be put in place as your one and only. Amen. With a mighty power in the inner man of the Holy Spirit himself indwelling. See, it's an internal, external indwelling, your innermost being of your personality. Come on. May Christ through your faith actually dwell, settle down, abide, and make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love. May you be rooted deeply in this lavish banquet, unconditional feast of his love. Amen? Verse 18. That you may have the power, the dunamos, the dynamite power of God that is unlimited strength, unlimited resources that make change in you to be strong and apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people that experience of that Love that feast, what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height of it? Verse 19 that you may really come to know practically through experiencing for yourself the love of Christ, that you may practically experience the love of Christ for yourself. God loves you, God loves you without condition which surpasses mere knowledge. See, you can learn all you want to know about the Bible, but if you don't understand his love, you know nothing. You can go all the way back and start wearing a a Keppah again. You can wear a prayer shawl. You can light seven candlesticks. I'm Jewish, by the way. I can do that. Hallelujah! You can do all that stuff, and without love, it won't change a thing. Hallelujah. And being Jewish or being Gentile or Greek or Roman, it doesn't change anything in the eyes of God. We are all now, through the blood of Jesus Christ, Abraham's seed. Amen. We are all a part of God's love. Amen. And the reality is that you can come to the fullness of knowledge, but if you're absence of love, you lack the practicality it takes to live in Christ. Amen. That you may be filled through all your being unto the fullness of God. May you have the rich measure of divine presence and become a body, holy, filled, and flooded. Man, flooded with God himself. I want to be flooded with God. Amen? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Psalm 1611 says, For in his presence we learn the instructions of life and is the fullness of joy. I want to be flooded by God. I don't want to restrict God's love anymore by my thinking. I want to have a sound mind that realizes I have all that God has given. Amen? Amen. The evidence of power and love is a sound mind. The evidence of being rooted in God's love and depending on His strength, where it's not by might or strength, but by His Spirit, says the Lord. The reality is, is that the evidence of a sound mind is someone that's no longer trying to do it themselves. The evidence of a sound mind is someone that is depending completely on God and His Spirit. The evidence of a sound mind is someone that has learned and come into maturity, the fullness, of God's love so that they can operate and be calm and be still in the midst of stormy seas see the evidence of power and love in your life it simply says to us that a sound mind is described as having sound judgment self-discipline that results in peace well-balanced thinking, and self-control can I tell you that when the power of God and the love of God is misplaced in your life that peace is the first thing that leaves When the power of God and the love of God in your life is misplaced, self-control is the next thing. Because we go from faith to fear to failure, we don't believe anymore that God is with us, and unbelief is where sin lives. So we fall into sin again. Can I tell you when power and love are misplaced in your life, that Balanced thinking. The Bible says in Philippians 4 and 8, think on these things, whatever is true, whatever is just, whatever is lovely. Balanced thinking is thinking on the positive things of heaven while understanding we don't negate the negative, but we reinforce the negative and we rise out of the negative through the promises of God. See, you got to think about what you're thinking about. If you want to have a sound mind and you want to have peace, it's like if I want to build a sound mind, I have a hammer. That is the driving force, the power that drives the nail. But without the hand that says I'm a carpenter, the identity of grace that is rooted and grounded in His his love, I don't know that I can grab a hold of this power and that I can construct with love the thing that holds it together, a sound mind you got to put in place the fact that more than this, it's more than having these three simple principles of sound mind, love, and power. It's about having the identity of grace, that I am a joint heir with Jesus Christ, that I am the righteousness of God, that I, I am the head, not the tail. Can I tell you this morning, you want to start constructing a good life, grab a hold of the power of God and start wielding it and nailing it and putting into place love and you will see a sufficient and sound life that is sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Can I tell you that this morning? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So as I close, like I just said, the hammer gives the driving force and the ability to construct a thing. But construction needs nails, which is love, which holds all things together. While a sound mind is the application of the wisdom, not just the knowledge that I am a child of God. So how do you keep a sound mind and not feel condemned for every thought? The key is to take every negative thought captive and to think on whatever is true and just and lovely. So before I close today, 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, your sound mind is attacked. And it's attacked by the things we put in and the things we put out. I'm not trying to create perfect people. I'm trying to create pure people. Amen. 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 says, Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings of every proud and lofty thing that sets itself against the true knowledge of God, of God. And we lead every thought and purpose away from captivity into the obedience in Christ the Messiah. The obedience in Christ the Messiah today is the law of liberty. Who he has set free is free indeed. I will not return back to captivity of sin and death through the law and through trying to be perfect. No, I will have a heart that is following God. I will have a heart that lives for him. And I will have a heart that out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth speaks what I believe I am a child of God I am the righteousness of God I am the abundance of God I am because he is can I tell you this morning stop thinking about all those things that refute the knowledge of God It doesn't matter what your mama said doesn't matter what your daddy said it doesn't matter what they said it doesn't matter if you lost your job God said I will never leave you or forsake you until the ends of this earth it is time that we stop letting our thoughts hold us captive and start holding our thoughts captive so that we can live in love and power of the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. World Changes Church Gold Coast can be found at Instagram at WCC Gold Coast and on Facebook at World Changes GC. Or you can email us, send to info at worldchangeschurch.com.au Enjoy the rest of your day, and God bless.